0: Offense, play fast. Defense, swarm, swarm and tackle, attack. We got out block them. We got out
1: tackle them. We got out hit them and hustle. It's real simple. You out block them. You out tackle them. You out hit them and you out hustle. Let them know. Leave no doubt tonight. Leave no doubt tonight. No doubt. Welcome in. It is championship week. Here on R.J. Bell's Dream Preview College Football Edition. This is conference championship week where we've got 10 games to go over. 10 conference champions will be decided. And after these games, all that's left is Army, Navy, and a bunch of bowl games. So uh, that's what, that's where we're at in the season right now. We do have some awesome matchups, and there's a lot of intrigue with what's going to happen uh, going into the final week. My name's AJ Hoffman, joined as I always am by Mr. Scott Seidenberg. Hello, Scott. Some would call this the best week of the year. Would they? No, I just said some people. Okay, yeah, I wouldn't call it that, but it's a good <laughs> week. It's a good week. I mean, uh, listen, there, there's some games that I'm like, wow, this like to me m- more interesting than the actual games is the fallout of what happens after these games yeah. are played. So I, I think outside of I mean, I think Georgia Alabama is a fantastic game. Sure. I think a lot of these games, there's a reason why there's double digit spreads. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, would I love to see Florida State take on Louisville at whole strength? Sure. Um, But then there's also games like Michigan versus Iowa and games that seemed like a, a, almost a formality. Uh, but we will hit them all, and we'll, uh, we'll try and find some angles, some ways to make some money. First, let's look at the updated rankings. And we should be able to tell a lot uh, based on what happened in these rankings. Scott, it, I mean, it looks like the it, with Ohio State falling out, which we knew was going to happen, mm-hmm. everybody moved up one spot all the way down to Texas. And I think now we are at the point in time where there are eight teams with any realistic chance, and I really want to say seven because I, I can't picture a world where Ohio State gets in now, well, to be there, honest.
0: There is one scenario. So uh, the Athletic did a good job of detailing all 16 scenarios okay. for the college football playoff. Now, I'm not going to bore you with all 16
1: scenarios. But there's a scenario where Ohio State still gets in? There is only one Scenario where and it Ohio is State gets Oregon it. loses, Florida State loses, and Texas loses. The only one scenario that Ohio State
0: gets into the College World Playoff is if Georgia, Washington, Louisville, and Oklahoma State win. Yeah. So that would be a loss by Alabama. Yeah. Lost by Oregon. Lost by Florida State. And a loss, loss by, by Texas. Texas. Then it's the only scenario in which Ohio State gets in at number four
1: at... Eleven and one. That makes sense to me. That first, let's just start out by saying, if you like, um, if you like Ohio State to win the national championship, just money line parlay oh, those yeah. four teams. Yeah,
0: money line parlay Georgia, Washington, Louisville, OK State,
1: and forget about to win the national championship. You're going to get paid pretty well on yeah, just that. Just to get into so, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, you got a couple double digit dogs there, uh, so you, you'll you'll be doing all right.
0: And let's state the obvious: there are two completely straightforward. Easy as pie scenarios for the committee. One is if Georgia, Washington, Florida State, and Texas win. Because there you have it. You have the four undefeated teams in the College World playoff.
1: Georgia, Washington, Florida Michigan, State, Michigan, yes. Yeah.
0: Then that means all four undefeated teams are in, status quo. Yeah. The other scenario would be if uh, that's it. If you have the same the, that that that's as clean cut as it is
1: is. twelve and O teams, yes,
0: the, the, I mean, and I think the other clear cut scenario would be if Oregon wins and Texas loses, and everything else hold the favorites. I,
1: I think that's that's clean as clean, well,
0: cl- very clean. The committee has no debate whatsoever. Yeah. And I think they would
1: like that. They'd like no debate. As fans, I don't know if we'd like that. I think the committee would like it if there was no debate. But given what's going on with Florida State, I don't know that there's a scenario where they avoid no debate. If Florida State wins, they're
0: getting in an undefeated. I, I know, but there's yeah. going to be people who don't believe they should. doesn't matter. You're not leaving out an undefeated Power 5 champion. If the,
1: if the goal of the committee is to put the four best teams in the playoffs... I agree with you. The, if Florida agree. State's not one of the four best teams. I agree. But th- And honestly... But, you,
0: but we've seen Ohio State get in... Cardell William, what Cardell Jones? Right, yep. gets into the playoff and 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 shines as a third string quarterback. Yep. So there is precedent for a team on backup to backup quarterbacks that wind up getting into the college world playoff.
1: Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I agree. I think they do get in. I'm just saying I'm not sure that they should. Mm-hmm. Uh, that said, this is to me the most fascinating argument is about Oregon and how Oregon is ranked fifth in these ratings. Ahead of Ohio State, ahead of Texas, and ahead of Alabama. When they did that television show uh, earlier today, we record this on Tuesday night, so Tuesday afternoon when they released the the standings, how they, with a straight face, had this guy on talking about how he decided between the one-loss teams, and then he put up the side-by-side resumes of those one-loss teams, and... I mean, it's not even close. Oregon has the worst resume hmm. of those four teams, but Oregon has looked the best, it, and that is literally all you can say yeah. is "I test." Yeah, like so. If you say, "Well, what about strength domi- of schedule?" They've dominated everybody they played. Yeah, well, yeah, they played Portland State. Doesn't matter. <laughs> they,
0: they, like the, they've dominated ever since they lost to Washington. They have dominated every game they've played.
1: I get it. But what I still will never understand is if Alabama had not put their balls on the table and played Texas in the non-conference, Alabama would be undefeated and would could probably. But afford Alabama a loss.
0: also took a fourth and thirty-one miracle last week to beat Auburn.
1: They beat they beat their rival.
0: Yeah, on on a. The, the the chance the the winning Listen, percentage for them okay. was as low as it can be it was what one was the play. winning
1: percentage with for Oregon when they were down to Texas Tech with a minute and a half left in the game Texas not Tech, as low as fourth and thirty one sure, their goal but at the it's 31 like 31 yard line everybody has game like you're not going to blow out everybody and especially I mean, but you're more likely to blow out everybody when you don't play anybody and that to me is the biggest issue because Alabama Ohio State and Texas all played big time non-conference games and Texas and Ohio State are not being rewarded for that Alabama is being punished for that in fact because it, Oregon it, they figured out well, it's a lot easier instead of playing one of those games we'll just play 3 nobodies, 4 nobodies and uh, and yeah we're 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 set Yeah,
0: listen, they they played the number 19-ranked Colorado Buffaloes, their fourth game Uh, of the season.
1: I mean, you will hear Pac-12 defenders saying that, and it's insane to me. But
0: but here's the the, the reality of the situation is you have the Heisman favorite, you have a one-loss team that barely lost in an exciting game on the road, and ever since that loss, all they have done is gotten better every week and have won their games by an average
1: of 26 points. What is their best win? Who is the best team? Oregon they State, thirty-one-seven. Beat? So beating be- Utah, thirty-five-six. Utah, who's on what? At their, Utah, their third quarterback or second quarterback? I,
0: I don't know anymore. You go but, to Utah, you win thirty-five-six. You you, go, you play Oregon State, thirty-one-seven. Texas
1: went to Alabama, where Alabama. I don't care what no, happened t- um, then, then three months ago. Then you're being absurd, like that. Like so, be, when did Utah happen? Six weeks ago? So, like, that's the limit of when it's okay to count something? I think, the li- I think yes, teams, for
0: first three weeks of the season don't mean anything.
1: Do you know how many teams have beat Nick Saban's Alabama coach teams by double digits at home? Not many. Z- One. Texas. The first double-digit loss at home mm-hmm. since Nick Saban's been at Alabama. And, like, people are like, well, Oregon went to Utah and beat their backup quarterback. It's insanity. Like, the whole season happened. How are we saying the first three weeks don't happen? That's when these teams actually push themselves in non-conference play. Sure, but Ohio State didn't beat Notre Dame at the, Notre Dame. That happened. The committee is tasked with putting in the four best teams and most deserving teams right now. Then you cannot make a case for Florida State while making a case for Oregon because those two things they they don't they don't jive. Like but they Fl- can't be the same thing. Okay, but Florida State, even after losing
0: their quarterback. Went on to win. Put, two put up 214 games. yards of offense. Awesome. Let's... They have one of the best defenses in the country. Okay. They uh, went on the road and and won
1: 24-15 against a team that's not going to play in a bowl. Sure. Yeah, that, that's the point. Like, so that win counts more than something that happened. That, well, this does that next win count more w- no, for them than the LSU win.
0: No, this next win will count the most.
1: Okay. This next win counts the most. The,
0: their playoff lives. Florida State's season comes down to one game. That's it. They win this game. That's going to show people. You win a championship game against a ranked team like Louisville with a quarterback like Rodemaker, then you're undefeated. You're, I, in, the, you know you're what? in the playoff.
1: I, I, don't think that's, I don't think that's the way it should be, but I can accept that that's the way it is. Florida State goes unbeaten. Are, are they one of the four best teams in the country? No, it's not even close. I don't know if they were one of the four best teams in the country when they had Jordan Travis, mm-hmm. but the likelihood is they're going to be in. I have more beef with Oregon being ranked ahead of these other one-loss teams when their resume is uh, – the only thing you can say about it is eye test. Then if, if we just go by eye test, then what does strength of record ha- matter? What does strength of schedule matter? What does uh, wins against top 25 teams – like, all, you're saying all of that doesn't matter. It's all trumped by eye test. That is a crazy thing. Well, this is what happens when you have a group of
0: people in the room – that are voting. It's a human element. If we go back to the BCS system and we go back to the computers, then you know what? Texas is probably in. The computer rankings have them above, which is crazy because we use computer rankings in other ways, like UNLVs in the championship game because of oh, yeah. computer rankings. So it, they use a combination of the computers and a combination of the eye tests and what what they believe.
1: Yeah, the strength of schedule ranks for the four one-loss teams, Ohio State's sixth, Unfortunately for them, they don't get another game. So it's can't award you for not playing. It's in your it's it's game. tough for the it's it's going to be tough for them to move up. Obviously, mm-hmm. Texas 13th in the country. It's pretty good. Alabama 31st in the country. It's fair. Oregon 62nd. Yeah, it's not great. I, I mean, it's it's wild that the team who has done the least but is, is beating but is beating Washington then why what are we is doing is beating with, Washington
0: the uh, the better win than any win that Texas has uh, is beating Washington on a
1: neutral better than winning at Alabama no it's pretty loses, simple
0: if Alabama loses to Georgia they're a two loss team they barely got by Auburn last
1: week is Alabama better than Washington if i if i gave you Washington plus 200 straight up against Alabama on a neutral would you take that Uh, Alabama,
0: I'd lay it with Alabama. Of course you would. Like, there's no doubt that Washington is not on that level. They're nine and a half. But look at what the market's telling us. Washington's nine and a half point dogs against Oregon. So the market believes that Oregon's the better team.
1: But that's potentially the best win they can have on their schedule. Mm -hmm. Uh, Up to this point, the best win on Oregon's schedule, like you said, is Oregon State yeah at Utah going to a difficult place to play. Okay, the Oregon's eight and four. or Utah's, Utah's eight and four, and they had a backup quarterback playing. like I, I guess, but that is not the kind of win to me. It, it, speaking of, Texas won at they won against Kansas State with a backup like Texas had the backup mm-hmm. quarterback and won that game. I, I just don't understand, but now if you if you can't compare
0: wins without comparing losses, and so what is Texas's loss?
1: It's to Oklahoma.
0: Yeah, who lost two games all year? Is that but is that what's the better loss? Is the better loss by a field goal to Washington on the road in one of the most competitive, fun games of the year, where your coach made some questionable fourth down decisions
1: and you really could have won that game? Or I mean, all, everything you just said, fun shootout against you, Oklahoma. Everything you said, you could say the same thing about Oklahoma, the Oklahoma-Texas game. Mm-hmm. I mean, Texas lost that game with 15 seconds to go. Yeah, they, they were held lead with 15 half seconds. Half their fans in the stadium. Sure. I, I just – I mean, if that's – if you're being penalized for losing your one game to Oklahoma in the last 15 seconds, that's absurd, uh, especially when the gap between – Well, is being
0: punished for winning a I, game with the last play of the game.
1: I, I, that's insane to me as well. And not only that, but Alabama's being punished for playing Texas out of conference because if Alabama just – if they play the Citadel in that game, they're sitting at 12-0 – and there's there's no discussion. Like We're talking about, well, mm-hmm. uh, Georgia and Alabama are playing a game that doesn't matter because they're both getting into the playoff. And I, I, it's fascinating to me that all they tell you, you'll be rewarded for these things. Go out of conference, you'll be rewarded. And then we're seeing the exact opposite happen. It just doesn't make – because, quote, unquote, eye test is how we're making decisions now. You know
0: what? That's the reason why Texas and Oklahoma will be playing in the SEC next year
1: yeah uh that said i mean are texas and oklahoma going are, are they gonna go 11 and 1 in the sec you don't have to 12 team playoff that's true uh, it, it, but it, it still doesn't make this right i mean that's what, or you could say the same thing oregon's gonna be in the big 10 next year uh i think what we saw as the season went on it, early in the season it looked like the pac-12 was going to be a really good conference when we thought they were going to be a really good conference We thought Washington State was a good team. It turns out they're just not. Mm -hmm. We thought UCLA was good. It turns out they were not good. They lost to freaking Cal and Arizona State.
0: Yeah, USC. USC,
1: not good. Utah,
0: not good. But you have Arizona, who is the number 15 team in the country. Yep. Right. Oregon State, still the number 20 team in the country. And you have the number three team in the country and the number five team in the country. That's a quality conference.
1: Sure. It's a quality conference, but is is it like – Worlds ahead of everything else to enough that it's like you you can play nobody in the non-conference and you're still up there. It doesn't make sense to me. They is the is the Pac-12 better than the SEC? No. Then how is one loss Alabama behind one loss Oregon? Again, it's Oregon blowing everybody out and Alabama needing
0: a miracle. To get by Auburn.
1: All right. Well,
0: I I mean, every every team is going to need miracles along the way. And Oregon has the better loss than Alabama. I I disagree with that. What are you talking about? Oregon lost on the road by a field goal to the number three team in the nation. Alabama lost by double digits at home.
1: Is Washington better than Texas, though? Like, we could say unbeaten because, yeah, Washington didn't play anybody either. Do you know what the best – like, if you took every team in the Pac-12 and said – what is the best non conference win that any, any team in the Pac 12 had this win? You, you know who it would be? Seven and five Wisconsin. Washington State beat seven and five Wisconsin. That is the best. That's the, In fact, that's the only win that they have over a team with a winning record. Listen, the schedule is the schedule.
0: All you can do is play who's in front of you. That's it. Can't
1: that's go back not and change true. the schedule now. Well, yeah, now you can't, but you can grade based on the curve that the schedule creates. And that's what the committee's failing to do here. I, I, to me, Oregon being ranked ahead of, uh, I I would say they shouldn't be ranked ahead of Ohio State today. I get if they beat Washington. I mean, again, Oregon's not going to be or Ohio State's not going to be playing. So Mm -hmm. let's just say, let's presume all these teams somehow win. Alabama, Oregon, and Texas all win. I could see Oregon being ahead of Ohio State. I don't see putting ahead of them of Alabama or Texas. I just don't. It's. It takes away any reason why you'd play these power five, like these big non conference games. It doesn't make any sense to do it because you're not rewarded for it.
0: Well, then it just goes back to the, I don't know. They have the best, they have the Heisman Trophy favorite, and they've looked better than they've blown out everybody. I understand that you play shit opponents, but what what are you supposed to do? (laughs) Then, Then what are we, why aren't we talking about Liberty?
1: They haven't lost a game yet. Sure. Look at that. Who cares who they're playing? A couple of years ago, we they're put winning Cin- every game. And a couple of years ago, we put Cincinnati in, uh, and how'd that work out? It's I, I think up. we saw the result of that. Like you cannot just say, "Well, they won a bunch of games. Doesn't matter who they played. They're winning the games. We got to put them in." It's it leads to these blowout games in the playoff that I'm just not interested in. Uh, I say reward the teams, who, and if it would have been Ohio State, reward them for playing at Notre Dame at the beginning of the year. Reward Texas and Alabama for playing whoever would, whoever won that game should be rewarded. And Alabama certainly shouldn't be punished for for going out of their way to play that game, especially when the team that you're putting ahead of them their toughest non-conference game was against Texas Tech, and it took it. They were they were down in that game with 90 seconds to go. I, I, I just think the, the – and I get the Heisman uh, – and you know what? My vote would for, for the Heisman, if I had one, would be for Bo Nix. I still don't think this is one of the, the four best resumes in the country. And I test just it, – it's not enough. Like, you, you have to put together a resume. And uh, even on that graphic, it said resume comparison. It didn't say I test comparison. It said mm-hmm. resume. And when you look at the resume, it ain't close. It, it, it really isn't close. Oregon's not close to any of those other three teams. I think Oregon would be favored over Texas. They would be. They'd yeah. probably be two-and-a-half-point favorites. No, but you know what? But you know what? LSU would be a touchdown favorite against Florida State right now. And LSU lost three games, and Florida State's probably going to be in the playoff. So <laughs> going by the Vegas spread doesn't work out either. It's, it's it's a wild system. I guess it's, you know, this is why they're expanding the 12. I, I've often pushed against expansion to 12, but – I mean if if we' if resume doesn't matter then they they have to because otherwise they, there's no incentive to play big games
0: well if you had a 12 team playoff right now these would be your matchups your top four teams would have the buys so you would have Georgia your one seed Michigan two Washington three and uh, Florida State four this is without the playoff the tournament games right now yeah I mean the the title games right now your 7-10 matchup would be Texas against Penn State Yep, with the winner playing Michigan. So let's play that out. Texas-Penn State.
1: <laughs> Texas is much better than Penn State. All right.
0: Texas against Michigan. Uh, Michigan is better. And that would be in the Cotton Bowl. All right. Yeah. There you go. Michigan advances to the Rose Bowl. Okay. Now we have the uh, Ohio State against Ole Miss. Ohio State. Ohio State against Washington in the fiesta.
1: League. Ohio State.
0: All right. Ohio State then takes on Michigan in the semifinal. Now we go Alabama against Missouri. Alabama. Okay. Alabama-Georgia. Which is what we have we'll, this weekend. We'll find out. We'll find out. Okay. Yeah. Oregon against Tulane.
1: Oh, it's, it's, get, Oregon.
0: Yeah, Oregon. Oregon against Florida State. Oregon. All right, then Oregon's in the, in the semifinal yep. against the winner of Alabama-Georgia. Yep. Then your final four is Michigan-Ohio State, Oregon, and Georgia-Alabama winner.
1: But you know what? That goes back to how is Oregon number five over Ohio State and Alabama and Texas? Switch them around.
0: Oregon-Ole Miss. Uh, Oregon. Oregon. Oregon-Washington. We'll find out exactly. Yeah. and Oregon gets into the semifinal yeah. anyway. You want to put them at? Uh, you want to put
1: them at seven? Oregon, Penn State, Oregon. Who would Oregon, you? Oregon, Michigan. Ask me that one.
0: Well, I mean, that's a tough game. I, I I don't know that it is.
1: I'd love to see that in the Rose Bowl. Hey, right, Well, <laughs> wait, you might. <laughs> you might. All right. Enough enough about that. Let's get to these games. Let's get to the games. Let's get to the uh, let's get to the bowl or the the championship games, and let's start. There's two games on Friday, so uh, including that Pac-12 game that we, so we'll, we'll know uh, mm-hmm. who's, who's in the driver's seat there. But let's start with the Conference USA game. New Mexico State is at Liberty. This is a true road game uh, right now. Liberty is there's tens and there's ten and a halves. Starting to be more ten and a halves than tens. It looks like total of fifty five and a half. And this is a really awesome quarterback matchup. Uh, Diego Pavia and Caden Salter. It's just hard for me to get a read on Liberty because, and I was joking earlier about why aren't we looking at Liberty? They've played no one. They're, they're, their schedule is one of the weakest in the country, mm-hmm. but I test they're, they're beating up on all these bad teams. But we do have a game to go off of. They played in the
0: regular season. Liberty won 33-17. to They racked up 526 yards of offense in that game, 276 through the air, 250 on the ground, and New Mexico was shut out in the second half of that game.
1: This is the weird thing to me. So, th- it, you're right. That that game happened in week two. N- New Mexico State was plus nine and a half in that matchup. Mm-hmm. And now they're plus ten. Every All they've done is cover every single game. Yep. And now they're ten, ten and a half. So, they're worse now than they were in week two, but they've covered literally every game since. Ten straight covered covers ten straight games. Yep. for New Mexico State. I do worry – uh, the Aggies are banged up. At playmaker, wide receivers banged up. Running backs are banged up. Liberty just Liberty hasn't been in a sweaty game since the middle of October against Middle Tennessee. I mean, it, they've been they've been in cruise control. Uh, these two teams are amongst the best rushing teams in the country. Yep, and they're both having a ton of success stopping the run. I'm going to lean to New Mexico State on if you can get ten and a half. Like I. I'd, I'd like Liberty at nine and a half. I like New Mexico state at 10 and a half, but I, my favorite play on this game is going to be the under. I, I feel like this is a, a grind game. Uh, I, I mean, this is a Jerry kill type football game. And you, you, if you look back through Liberty's games and you look at all the, like that was one of the lower scoring games that mm-hmm. they played this season. Uh, New Mexico state takes the air out of the ball. They, they, they want to sit on the ball. They want to have long possessions. They're not very explosive. Uh, they they want to grind that clock and it's a game that i think liberty's comfortable playing uh, especially with with salter a running quarterback i think yeah. they're going to be able to do that too so uh, i i think the under 55 and a half is my favorite play here I, because it's such a low or because i think it's a lower scoring game uh, I'd, I'd probably take on the uh, i'd take the plus side of 10 uh 10 and a half with new mexico state
0: i like laying the wood here with liberty liberty uh is ninth is sixth in the nation in scoring 40.1 points per game you mentioned how good they are on the ground they lead the nation in yards per game on the ground. Only Air Force has run the ball more than Liberty this season. Only LSU had more yards per carry. That's how good this team is running the football. They've scored at least 31 points in 11 of their 12 games this year. And they are fifth in the country, 500 yards per game on offense pretty much. Um, There's also motivation here. It's not just an undefeated season. It's not just a conference championship game. They are two spots behind Tulane right now. The winner, the group of five champion, gets the New Year's Six Bowl game. If Liberty wins and wins big, it might be enough to convince the committee, especially if Tulane struggles. Now, if Tulane loses and Liberty wins, Liberty clinches it. But Liberty won't know that until, you know, the next day. Yeah. So they have to put up a massive number first on Friday and then sit there and become big fans – of SMU against Tulane, but even if Tulane wins and barely struggles the comp- and struggles, the comparison is going to be a Liberty team that is undefeated, that just won their conference championship game by double digits, or a one-loss Tulane team that struggled in their conference title game. They're, again, they're, they're two spots next to each other. Who do you rank higher and who do you give the New Year's yeah. Six Bowl game to? liberty 's got a chance and I think they're gonna have to put up a big number on Friday in order to do it
1: yeah I just don't know that putting up a big numbers in the cards uh, and you mentioned Liberty being the the best one of the rush yards per game they are the best rushing team in the country um, it, like you look at yards per rush they are number two in the country 5.9 New Mexico State 5.7 number four yeah. like the, the both these teams I think both these teams wanting to run the ball makes it a good a good matchup for a, an under Yeah. Um, had 3317
0: che- score one under last time so
1: yeah that, that's what that's what I'd hope for here so uh, I didn't check I, I guess I should check the weather for this game uh Cold. It, okay yeah I mean if there's no particip- precipitation Cold. there there is Cold. some in one of the games that are like uh, an outdoor game later that we'll get to that I think could be impactful uh so you like Liberty obviously if you like Liberty get a 10 nine and a halfs are long gone get a 10. If you like New Mexico State, I think you get a ten and a half, and I I think there's a good chance this lands ten. But I I think this is this is a pretty well lined game. All right, let's look at that Pac-12 championship. Speaking of ten, Oregon, there's nine and a halfs and there's tens right now. Mm -hmm. Oregon minus ten against Washington. That game played here in Las Vegas. Um,
0: It's crazy, you know, to think that this game was a field goal spread when it was at Washington. And the market said that these two teams were even back then. In fact, probably favored Washington back then. Well, let's and let's talk now, about that. Like
1: what's changed? So it was minus three at Washington. Mm-hmm. Let's say we're generous, and we give Washington three points for home field. Yeah, we're saying they're even on a neutral. How is Oregon minus ten on a neutral? Because
0: you want to know what's changed. Well, the eye test. Washington <laughs> has won by an average of just six points per game since that game. Yeah, while Oregon. Has won by an average of 25 points per game. Okay. And Oregon has led at half in every game they've played since Washington by 17.6 points. Now, a lot of it's skewed by the Arizona State blowout. They sure. 42 nothing. So let's take that game out of it. In the other five games, 12.8 points per game at that's the half. They are dominating teams right now. And that's why Bo Nix has passed Michael Penix for the Heisman odds. So. I do like Oregon in this matchup. I gave out a derivative on this game on pregame.com for my college football clients, so you can get that pick on there. Uh, but it's in, in as far as the total game is concerned, I do like Oregon. I think they win this football game.
1: I, I think Oregon wins the game. I just think 10 points is is wild. Um I, I, I think we're we're making an overreaction to what what essentially was a, a soft chunk and we talked about this with Oregon a soft chunk of schedule Mm -hmm. that they had and playing Washington State bad defense Utah good defense no doubt and that was an impressive showing Cal
0: Washington you know just they beat Utah by a touchdown at home
1: Cal bad defense USC bad defense Arizona State bad defense Oregon State okay defense I mean, they they put up numbers against some of the – and I don't know what this Washington defense is. There's times when I've seen them look good. There's times when I've, when I've seen them just look terrible. I wonder if there's something going on with Michael Penix. Like, if you look at the first six weeks, and after six weeks, after the Oregon game, if I'm not mistaken, he was the Heisman favorite. Yeah, yeah, 100%. In those first six games, including that Oregon game, 20 touchdowns, 3 interceptions his average QBR 92.1 in the last 6 games 12 touchdowns 5 interceptions 67.8 QBR
0: mm-hmm. well he is not he is the third favorite right now but it's not even close it's not like, he's out of the mix he is at 16 to 1 which is coincidentally
1: where your boy got him before the season started? Oh, hey! So no, uh, at least you don't have bad CLV. Uh, now, two of those last two of the two of the ga- the last two games Washington played, they came in in the rain. Uh, they played Washington State in the rain. They played Oregon State in the rain. Maybe, but I, this I don't... is
0: almost as painful of a loss for me as when I had Kyle Trask fifty to one to win the Heisman, and through the first nine games of the year, he was the Heisman favorite and then completely fell off the table at the end of the year and wasn't even close. And I was, like, looking – I watched my ticket go, oh! It's like and it's a... I just watched it disintegrate. Yeah. And that's like Thanos I... snapped yeah. at it or something. and that's what I did with Michael <laughs> Penix this year, who I got at 16-1 to 1 before the season started. He's the favorite all year, and then I watched it slowly. It got snapped away, and I watched
1: it disintegrate. Yeah. I, I just think – even accepting that Oregon probably should have won the game yes. at Washington, yes. which yeah, I, 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 do, didn't cost them. I do accept – I just can't get all the way to this number, and that's another thing you got to consider. Like, who do you trust, Dan Lanning or, or Kalen DeBoer? Because mm-hmm. to me, it's not even close. Like, you got a, a guy who's learning how to coach versus a guy who is a, a damn wizard. Yeah, I'm
0: curious to see if Lanning like keeps like stays aggressive and will go for it on fourth downs again, or if he's more conservative in this game.
1: It's funny because at the time, I mean, it, it hindsight's twenty twenty. And it's real easy to say he cost him there, but at the time, it was like you knew you were going to need touchdowns to beat that team. Mm -hmm. Like Washington was, at the time especially, they were putting up big numbers. And I understood why he did it. I just think if it comes down to it. I mean, the the biggest, like you could have taken three points at the end of the
0: half, right? And and they decide to go for it. They don't get it. So they go into the half down 22-18 instead of 22-21. And then there was the next fourth down when they could have had another field goal to make it 29-21. And give themselves a chance. And then there was another possession where they uh they went for it on a fourth down. So you know, when they were winning by 33-29, they could have taken three points there and made it 36-29, because then Washington scores and they wind up making it 36. There was a lot. There was a lot
1: there. Well, we we'll, uh I'll be curious to see if how he coaches differently, but I do think you have to give the coaching edge to Washington. So I think if I were playing this game, I would have to give – I think I'd have to, uh, to to take the 10 points. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, let's move to Saturday. We're going to skip a couple games because you're going to get them at the end in the best bets segment. Uh, but let's go to the Mountain West Championship, which will also be played here in Las Vegas, a home game for the UNLV Rebels. Boise minus two, two and a half, a uh, total of 58 and a half here at UNLV. I can't pick a
0: side in this one. It's, it's tough for me. Um, Boise State has won the last six games against UNLV, but they haven't played each other a lot. Like the last time UNLV beat Boise State was 1976. Oh, wow. And it sounds like it's a long time ago, but that, that was seven games ago. So they, it's, okay. like, it's not like they've played every single year. Yeah. Uh, but to me, these are two teams that have two of the better stories going into the championship games. Boise State fired their head coach after a five and five start. Yeah. They've won two straight games to get into the conference championship. Yeah. Meanwhile, Barry Odom comes into UNLV. This is one of the most unbelievable turnarounds. Completely turns the program around immediately to the point where they are uh, one of the best offenses in the country, averaging over 35 points per game.
1: Think about all the love. And I saw the, I saw Robert Griffin tweet this yesterday. Uh, about Coach Prime and terrible recruiting. Like wh- where he's taken, h- how he's turned around this whole program, and it's like uh, he's he's solved all. Like he's he's turned them from a one law or one win team to a four win team, and that's huge. That mm-hmm. should be commended. That's right. One over there, three and a half total. I mean, there were th- U N L V couldn't win a football game. <laughs> I, I mean, this I was it was maybe the worst. It might have been the worst uh, program in college football. I guess UMass still existed, but I mean, there was a time where it was just a disaster. And I know they were five and seven a year ago, but to take that team to nine and three in your first year, yeah, is incredibly impressive to me. Uh, I I love 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 this UNLV offense and. The Brennan Marion, who's like they call it the Go Go offense, it is one of the most exciting, most fun offenses to watch. Um, I think you're going to see a lot of points scored here. Um, I, I think you're going and Brennan Marion, by the way, he where he was before he was at Texas before he was the passing mm-hmm. game coordinator there um, uh, under Sark. So he's like he he's familiar with. Sark's work, and he, t- he took a lot of what he does yeah, from and, Sark. And he might be one and done here at UNLV. Very, he's Oklahoma- probably getting a head coaching job, or, well, or, or okay. a high-level OC job. Oklahoma is
0: looking at him for the Oklahoma OC job. Wouldn't shock me at all. Job to replace and, Jeff Levy. And
1: I think it'd be wise of him to do that before he jumped into a head coaching job. Yeah. Uh, but either way, I, I will say this. I don't see Boise being able to do what San Jose State just did to, to UNLV. Uh, they went out and threw the ball around. And that's not Boise's thing. They just want to run, run, run. It, four of Boise's five losses came on the road this year. They do not play well away from home. Uh, and I, I just think I almost feel like the wrong side's favored here. I, I think that for the first time that I can remember, and, I mean, there's people who have lived here in Las Vegas a lot longer than me, but this is certainly the first time since they play, they've they been playing at Allegiant that fans are showing up. hmm like, there's a buzz locally about this team that's never existed before. Uh, I, I just don't see back in a Boise team that has two road wins all season laying points on the road. Uh, I think both offenses have had some success, though. Both rank top 30 in yards per, uh, yards per play, uh, points per play, third down conversion, and both rank outside the top 85 in opponents' yards per play. They're playing on a fast track. I, I think we're going to see some high scoring in action. I, I, I lean to UNLV. I, I I like the over here. You know when
0: the last time UNLV won nine games was? Oh, uh,
1: I'm going to say it was like. Oh, I, I don't even. I'm trying to think of who the coach would have been. Was it was it John Robinson? Like mm. was it two two thousand? No. A lot longer than that. oh my gosh. Uh, the last time they won
0: nine football games, now they had an eight win team with John Robinson in 2000. Okay, they went to the Las Vegas Bowl and won that game. 1984, they were 11 and 2. <laughs> However, their record that year was adjusted to 0 and 13. Oh, they were cheating by the NCAA. Oh no, <laughs> they won the California Bowl that year under Harvey Hyde. They were eleven and two in the uh, PCAA, the Pacific Coast Athletic, which Association. eventually
1: became the Big West, if I'm not mistaken.
0: And there was, uh, they forfeited all of their games that year <laughs> <laughs> in, in a, a, a unfortunate situation. As the ruling against them, let's see, ruling against them, uh, just says forfeited all 11 wins. I don't know the reason why, but forfeited all 11 wins. Prior to that, though, they were nine and one with two ties nine, one, and two in 1979.
1: Wow, well, that's before I was alive. So, those yeah. are the, the three,
0: the four best, the three best seasons 1984, 11 and two, 1979, nine, one, and two. And twenty twenty-three, nine and three.
1: That's wild. Yeah. Well, uh I I'll be honest, I'm cheering for UNLV. I'd yeah, like to see it. Me too. Um it's, I think it's, a, it's a great story. I think
0: this is gonna be a fun game. I think we see points scored. Both of these teams, like I said, UNLV over 35 points per game on offense. Boise State over 32 points per game on offense. Yep.
1: I I like the over here. All right, let's look at the SEC. It means more. It does, it just means more. Alabama versus Georgia. This one in Atlanta and Georgia laying anywhere between – there's fives, five-and-a-halves, and sixes. So shop around. Not that those are super key numbers, but shop around. 54-and-a-half uh, is the total. Georgia has been underwhelming against the spread this year, four-and-eight ATS. But, man, I would have I, – I, I've been saying I'm going to back Alabama, back Bama, back Bama, especially if I knew I was getting six. I kind of expected to get four. I would have loved to just see a better effort than I got last week against Auburn. It was uh, it's a little a little disconcerting. Uh, the win is nice, but you like you can't even call that a sleepy spot. You were on the road against your in-state rival. Yep, uh, they struggled on both sides in that game. If, if
0: that pass is incomplete, this game means nothing for Alabama because even with yeah. the win, they wouldn't get in.
1: Yeah, um, and I it's, it's funny. I wonder if it would mean anything. Like, we have, would it mean anything for Georgia? Would Georgia get in with a loss? You know, yeah, maybe. I, uh, I, I mean, it's, it's a weird situation, but um, here's what I think. Georgia, a couple times this year, this is me trying – RJ would be mad at me for trying to play X's and O's here. Georgia, a couple times this year, when they've gone against running quarterbacks, have had a hard time containing them. It, it happened last week against Georgia Tech. Uh, it happened earlier in the year against Auburn. And I think – Georgia is going to prioritize taking away the legs of Jalen Milrow because you have to choose one. You're either going to take away his legs, or you're going to take away the deep ball. I believe Jalen Milrow is one of the best deep ball throwers in college football. I, I mean, we saw it fourth and thirty-one. Yeah, uh, that is that was a dime, and I, I don't know that I don't know that there are any players in college football who throw a better deep ball than, than Jalen Milrow does. I, but I think that he, it, Milrow can take over this game. We have seen him improve as much as anyone this season. Uh, y- like you, you, you think about back to the Texas game. And then after that Texas game, uh, Saban was basically like, okay, Tommy Reese, you want to play your guys? You want to show that you, you think they're better than Milrow? Go ahead. Mm-hmm. And they almost lost to South Florida. Cause neither one of those quarterbacks could play. They bring Milrow back and he's not going to win the Heisman, but I think he's he's gotten to where he almost warrants discussion. And if there was a world where he could win the Heisman this year, you saw his Heisman moment fourth and thirty-one. Yeah. Like he's had more of a Heisman moment than the guys who are who are in the who are gonna be in New York. That said, I, I just trust him. I, I trust him on third downs more than I trust Carson Beck. Carson Beck has spent this entire season. In manageable situations, because George, what do they? What's Georgia do? They have success on early downs, mm-hmm. and it and it puts it takes a lot of pressure off Carson Beck, who's like a, a some seventy something percent passer. He's you know a crazy percent because the only time he really has to throw is third and two, you know, third and one. And I'm not saying that's easy, but it's a lot easier than third and eight, third and seven. I think Alabama puts Georgia in some third and sevens here. And I, I think that I think that Bama's run defense is going to give Georgia some problems. And I've I've been saying this Georgia team is not as good as they were the last two seasons. This is the time to back it. I, I think these teams are probably separated by three or four points, so six on a neutral. I, that's the side I got to take. So I'll I'll, I'll say uh, roll tied.
0: I think we see points in this one. Um, And I know we talk about defenses here, but 13 of the last 15 SEC champions, 19 of the last 22 have scored at least 30 points in the SEC title game. Um, And I think that if you're asking me which offense is more capable of putting up 30 points, it's Georgia's right now. Um, Carson Beck is completing over 72% of his passes. And they've scored 30 points in 10 of their 12 games this year. And when Alabama faced a good offense, a ranked team in Texas, they gave up over 30 points. Yeah. Uh, I gave out a derivative on this game on pregame.com, but I, I, I think we're going to see points because I do think Alabama is going to score, but I think we see points between both of these teams.
1: All right, let's go to the American Conference. SMU at Tulane, true road game. Tulane minus four, total of 47 and a half. I was ready to hammer SMU in this spot. Mm. I love Preston stone and then Preston stone broke his leg last week. Mm. And now suddenly it's like, Ooh, he's been kind of, I think he's been one of the best under the radar quarterbacks this season, uh, particularly since conference play started. And I'm, I'll be honest. I'm not sure how good they'll be with, with uh, Kevin Jennings Mm -hmm. under center. That said, I believe this Tulane defense, particularly the secondary is, is a fraud, We I I think that they can be had now. Would I much rather see Preston Stone? Of course, but I do think they're beatable. On the other side, we see Michael Pratt, who's been a roller coaster. Like there, he has great games, awful game, great game, awful. By the way, this is another team that's been trash ATS. Well, I say five and seven ATS. So they're remember like up until this season, they were like seventy eight percent under Fritz at home Mm -hmm. ATS two and five. At Yulman Stadium this season, the ATS they, like they, the, it's gotten over overinflated. Uh, but Pratt's gonna—he was last week. He was without two of his top three wide receivers. That made an impact. Both are questionable for this game, and SMU is so underrated on defense. They have a top ten pass rush in the country. Well, that's the thing, and it's it's it's
0: that's the difference in this game. SMU—they're not just underrated on defense; they're elite. They're very good, face. man. Nobody yeah. talks about it because their offense puts up points. 13th in scoring defense, only 17.7 points per game allowed. Fourth in success rate allowed. Top five in passing success rate and EPA per pass allowed. Top 20 in pressure rate, havoc,
1: and sack percentage. Yeah. This is one of the
0: better defenses in, in the
1: entire country. And we talk. you talk about secondary. Guess who's elite in the secondary? SMU. Yes. Uh, I mean, this is, to me... I, I think even without Stone, you, you've got an undervalued defense for mm-hmm. SMU going against an overvalued offense that's going to be mis- potentially missing some pieces. Yeah, I, I think SMU plus four is the side here. I like SMU a lot. Here,
0: um, they're fifth in the nation in scoring, forty one point eight points per game, and they finish drives fourteenth in the nation in drive yep. success rate. And when I talk about when you talk about their offense, the closest comparison to anybody that Tulane has played this year is Memphis. Similar type of offense, right? Memphis was winning 21-17 going into the fourth quarter against Tulane, and if not for two Seth Hennigan interceptions, that game turns out cuz the, yeah. the, the the both interceptions were converted into short field touchdowns and those the, the game ends com- the game could be completely different. Um so I think that SMU is an absolute live underdog here to win out, right?
1: <laughs> I think uh, I, I feel about Tulane what I feel about like the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, the record's good. They mm-hmm. keep they keep winning games. They're winning ugly, but it's unsustainable. Like mm-hmm. it, it, the mm-hmm. the other shoe's going to drop at some point. And this team almost lost to Tulsa. They almost lost to East Carolina. Uh, they almost lost to Rice. Like that was three weeks in a row. In fact, they almost lost to those three teams. I, I just don't know that. It, I think a lot of what we're paying for is what they did last season, and this is not last season's team. Like, this is it, it, without Spears running the football. Like, there's just a there's a big difference in my opinion. I so, wonder if uh, the players know that Willie Fritz is gone, could could be as well. Now, Although nothing's been determined yet, but he's certainly he's picking. He's getting phone calls every day. Oh sure. All right, let's look at the Sun Belt. Appalachian state at Troy, Troy minus six and a half total of 52 and a half. Let's start with the fact that this game should be James Madison against Troy. Mm -hmm. Uh, Appalachian state was the second best team in the Sun Belt East, but that's for a different podcast. Uh, Troy has not been running the ball. Well of late, something's happened with them though. It could get better against an app state team. That's allowed almost five yards per carry this season. That said they've, they've gotten a lot better as the season's gone on couple weeks ago i was i i liked uh georgia state against app state because like app state's one of the worst run defenses in the country georgia state's one of the best run offenses app state shut them down mm-hmm. never let them get going i don't know what kind of flip their switch they flipped but they did uh both these teams have good pass rushes troy is elite in the secondary they're elite for at least for g5 standards against the run I think this is a low-scoring, grimy game. This is also a weather game. Uh, 85% chance of thunderstorms on Saturday. Throughout the entire window, this game is going to be taking place. Um, So I think both teams are going to look to run. Both teams have been solid against the run. I just think Troy's just been more consistent this year, and and I trust their defense a little bit more. Uh, I, I like Troy, but the the under would probably be the best way to go for me.
0: I, I like the dogs here. Um, you mentioned how good Troy is defensively and, and against the pass. Yeah, they've only allowed 13 passing touchdowns all season. App State's only allowed 14. Yeah, like App State's been really good as well. And Joey Aguilar is heating up. He's thrown for 17 touchdowns in the last five games. App State scores over 35 points per game. I think this is a one-possession game that comes down to
1: the end. I'm going to take the six points. All right, a little disagreement there. Let's look at the Big Ten championship game. Michigan, minus 23 against Iowa. This is in Indianapolis. The total... This is a massive Iowa total, 35 and a half. This is hilarious. So right now on the
0: DraftKings Sportsbook, you can bet Iowa team total in the first half over or under (laughs) 0.5. It's minus 120 to the over. Now you could bet them in the second half over team total 0.5 over at minus 130. That's right. The Iowa team total in the first half, Is 0.5. The Iowa team total in the second half is 0.5. They played two years ago in the Big Ten Championship game. Michigan blew them out 42-3. to Yeah. However, in that game, Iowa missed the field goal on their opening drive, and then they actually converted that field goal on their third drive of the game. Am I crazy to say Iowa over 0.5 points in the first half? is the play in this game.
1: It's a bold strategy. <laughs> it's a bold strategy. Listen. This is And, and it,
0: here's the snap for the Michigan punt and it goes over the punter's oh, head and it's a safety. <laughs>
1: this is literally and I'm not be, like throwing out hyperbole here. This is the worst offense in the country. Iowa. Like it, that's that's wild, but it is. It's the worst offense in the country. They've scored 15 points or fewer in six straight games. Think about this. I think the closest thing to a comp for this game is the Penn State game. 31-0. They got shut out against Penn State with Cade McNamara. Yeah. Deacon Hill is bad. (laughs) Like, Cade McNamara wasn't great. Mm -hmm. Deacon Hill is bad. Mm -hmm. And... It, going against the best defense he's going to he's going to have seen, he's going to be just overwhelmed, I think. Remember
0: I, when the conversation earlier in the year was we should be betting Iowa overs because of the contract incentive for oh, yeah. the offensive
1: coordinator? Forget that. Because they need to score over 20 points a they game. They're, well, they're, not, they're not capable. <laughs> think about that. Like his job was dependent on it, yeah. and he couldn't even come close. I, I think as the game goes on, you see Michigan start to pull away. Iowa has to start throwing the football. Yeah, not good. that's a disaster.
0: It's gonna be another 42 to 3.
1: It's, it's gonna look like that. The team total on Iowa is six and a half.
0: I'm telling you, over under 0.5 in the halves. It's available right now. You can go to DraftKings
1: and bet that. I, but I I don't I don't know if they're gonna score a point, Scott. <laughs> I really don't. I, I this is a statement game for Michigan. Harbaugh back from suspension. Uh I mean, Michigan against the worst offense in the country. How can you play any other way but Michigan here? I, I, minus 23, I 23, I like the Wolverines. Yeah, they're going to blow them out.
0: Like I said, it's going to be another
1: 42-3 to 3 game. All right, ACC championship, Louisville against Florida State. Unfortunately. Minus 2.5, total 48.5 for uh, Florida State, minus 2.5, I should unfortunately, say.
0: Unfortunately, A.J., I just think that we're not going to get what we want. We're not going to get a Louisville win that knocks Florida State out. Florida State's defense is just way too good to lose this football game. All Rodemaker has to do is not turn the football over. Florida State has only had five turnovers all season. That's the fewest in the country. If he doesn't turn the football over, they'll win the football game because their defense is dominant. And I know that Louisville... Is going to be good. They outgained Kentucky last week, but they, they turned the football over three times.
1: Yeah, Four hundred three to two eighty nine. They yeah. dominated the stats. They can't hold on to the football.
0: So, if you're asking me which team plays clean football, it's Florida State. And if Florida State plays clean football, their defense is going to win them win them this football game. They only allow seventeen points
1: per game. Last week they were playing against a Florida team that couldn't couldn't throw the football. Yeah, Max Brown can't throw the ball. Mm-hmm. He, he could run. He cannot throw the ball, and. They were all out to win that game, and you can look at the final score and say, "Well, they beat them by nine. They covered. They did. They were all out to win that game. Yeah, of they, they put up 224 yards of offense." But I'm not asking them to win big here. I'm just saying they're going to win. It's going to suck for all of us. I don't think they do. I I, I I hope you're right. I hope they lose. Think about. I mean, Jeff Brom got Purdue into the Big Ten title game last year. Year one, he's got Louisville there. Mm-hmm. I think I think he's. I don't know. I think he's the difference in this game. I don't particularly trust their defense, but I don't know that FSU's offense is good enough to take advantage of it, uh, it was, especially with Rodemaker at quarterback. I'm going to go. I'm going to say the play here is Cards plus one twenty. I, I think it's right, on the. Money I hope line. you're right. I really hope you're right. I really do. I, I just can't. I and you know what? It may be. A little that my my hope is taking over my brain here. I just can't picture this Florida State team making the playoff. Had, had they lost last week to Florida, I don't know. I, I don't know if they win this game or not. It might be a bounce back. I, I don't know. I, I just I, it doesn't seem just, and that's probably a terrible handicap. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know. It just it feels like this team isn't isn't built for the play. Their defense is great. There's no doubt. Uh, they, they've got, I mean, they've got NFL first round talent on that team, but it, it, give me Braum and Plummer and, and this Cardinals team to, to put up enough points to get it done. Well, it's I hope a, you're right. all right. Uh, before we get to best bets, tell people how they can save at pregame.com.
0: Well, we're running a special right now because it is a championship week. You can go to pregame.com right now and you could get the rest of the college football season. So what does that mean? Well, that means that you get every championship game bet and every bowl game bet, as well as the college football playoff. So think about that. You can get the rest of college football for $149. That's a $26 discount right now at pregame.com. Again, what this package gets you is every... Championship game pick, every bowl game pick, and the college football playoff. Every pick for the rest of the college football season for listeners of this pod for $149. Use the promo code CHAMP26. CHAMP26 will get you that $26 discount, and you get the rest of the college football season. And it's good for the next week, so you got to use this coupon now. Champ 26, get the rest of the college football season.
1: Great deal. All right, let's get to best bets. We'll go chronological. I, I think these start at the same time, so I don't know that it matters. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll let you lead off here.
0: All right. Well, you know, I laid the lumber with Texas a couple of weeks ago, or last week, and it's the same theory that I had last week that I have in this game against Oklahoma State. Not only does Texas need the win, but they need to win big. Big. Because they have to impress the committee. In order to be considered a playoff team, if one of the top four teams fail, they have to win big. You talk about the eye test, right? And in the arguments. Well, it's not fair that Texas is behind Oregon. Well, Oregon's been blowing teams out. Texas needs to blow out Oklahoma State. Texas, in their last four games, they've done a good job. 33 points, 29 points, 26 points, 57 points. OK State, on defense, has allowed 64 points in their last two games. 30 to Houston and 34 to BYU. In their losses this season, Oklahoma State allowed 45 points to UCF, 33 points, and 34 points to South Alabama and Iowa State. I see no reason why Texas shouldn't put up a massive number in this game. Their team total is 34.5. Texas goes over 34.5 points in this game. That is my best bet against oklahoma state
1: yeah I, I agree with that uh oklahoma i worry a little oklahoma state six and two straight up in ats last eight against texas but this is a different texas team um they've
0: won the last two meetings so revenge for texas
1: yeah there's some real problems with this oklahoma state team like first of all texas is one of the best run defenses in the country oklahoma state has to run the ball and if they can't it means bowman's going to be throwing and i that's a nightmare scenario mm-hmm. for oklahoma state uh and then the other side the other thing is the Cowboys are just bad in the secondary. They're outside top one hundred and explosiveness allowed through the air. And whatever it took for Oklahoma State to beat Oklahoma, like drained the life out of them. Uh, they lost forty five to three to Central Florida. and then they were I mean, they were eking out wins against Houston and b y u maybe the two worst teams in the conference That's their last three data points. Mm. I, again, the 14 and a half is out of the comfort zone for me. Uh, my power ratings make it 13, but I, I think you're right. I think Texas offensively puts up some points, so that uh, feels like a, a good way to look at this game. Uh, all right, let's get to the final taste of Mac-tion. Yeah, The Mac title game. Miami of Ohio, plus seven and a half against Toledo. This game is played at a neutral in Detroit. The total, 44 and a half. I'm gonna do a double best bet here. I'm taking the dog, love it, and I'm taking the under, love it. Listen, in a, in a season where basically every MAC team lost their quarterback, including Miami losing losing theirs in the 21-17 loss to Toledo, they lose uh, Blaine Gabbert, Brett Gabbert. the The Rockets have been the the or the, the oh, Miami Ohio has been the one team to hold serve, like they've held up. They've got the best defense in the conference. They've allowed 10.5 points per game in conference play. That 21 points that they gave up to Toledo, that's the most points they gave up in conference all season. They lost that game by four points in a game where their quarterback snapped his leg in half. Avion Smith has been genuinely dreadful since taking over at court. He stinks. I don't expect him to do much, which is why I like the under. I do think this defense holds their own, though. Uh, there's some ATS trends that like the dog here too. MAC title games going back to 5 13 and five for the underdog. That's 72 yeah. percent for the dog. Miami, one of the best ATS ATS teams in the country, they're nine and three against the number this year. I don't think it's a coincidence that Toledo had 4.3 yards uh, per play in the in the game against Miami. This defense is elite. I don't trust their offense, but I trust their defense enough to make the play. Under 44-and-a-half and Miami plus seven and a half. Give me the dog.
0: I like the dog here. I really do. Um, Toledo, bottom tier in rushing defense and success rate in EPA allowed per, per rush. In the first game between these two teams, Rashad Amos rushed for 5.5 yards per carry. He only had 10 carries in this game because they were trailing 21-3, to 3, right? I think they need to feed him early and often, and he's going to have success. And Miami, you mentioned their secondary, really good. Their front seven, allowing just 3.7 yards per rush. And uh, they're also fifth in the nation in limiting explosive plays. So there's not going to be any big plays. They're going to stop the run. They're going to pound the rock. And I like the under as well, and I like Miami to to keep it it close.
1: All right, there you go. Uh, Starting on Friday, we're going to find out. Ten games, ten champions and we'll see uh, who of those end up in the college football playoff. Uh, I don't think we're going to have a show next week. There's only one game. It's Army Navy. Please tune in to Straight Out of Vegas AM, where we'll have a thorough breakdown of the Army Navy game. I can promise you, probably a safe bet. <laughs> uh, and then, at, but don't unsubscribe. If uh, if you're into the college football stuff, because we will do, I guess we'll probably continue to do weekly pods and just say some bowl games, whatever bowl games are coming up this mm-hmm. week. That's what we'll give you, and then each week give up the uh, the next the next group. So that's the way we'll do it. And uh, yeah, Scott, it's been a fun season. And um, oh, before we go, let
0: me recap some stuff here. We got um, I have my records on my win totals this year. Remember, we gave out regular yeah. season win totals. If I want five and seven, okay, on the regular season win totals. However, I have several things pending right now that we gave out preseason. Here's what I have pending: Georgia to win the SEC, okay. Michigan to win the Big Ten, okay. Texas to win the Big Twelve, all right. Tulane to win the American, all right. And Tulane to be the Group of Five champion.
1: You've got a you got a lot of value here.
0: So I mean, that's you're a, the, you're
1: a the, minus on all those things. So the
0: portfolio is open for this championship week, but I did go five and seven in my win totals. Uh, some of the worst win totals that I had were, um, I had USC over 10 wins. Yeesh. That was bad. Colorado under three and a half. They won four games. So I lost that one. Um, that was a bad loss for me. Clemson over 10. That was a bad loss for me. Northwestern under three and a half, man, that was a bad loss. <laughs> yeah,
1: They won
0: a bunch of football games. Yeah. And then Alabama under 10.5. Womp, womp. Last week would have been the hit there. And Texas A&M over 7.5. Boy, that was a big-time loser. My wins were Michigan on the over. That hit. Kansas on the over. Cincinnati on the under 5.5. I had, um, what else did I have here? Liberty over 9. North Texas under 6.5, given out before the season started. So 5-7 and seven on the win totals. But like I said, several championship futures are in play this weekend, which I, I'm very thrilled about. One.
1: Yeah, my win totals were terrible on the show. Three and nine on the win totals. Oh, so
0: I beat you on the win totals.
1: You did. All right. my At five and seven, I beat Easily them. my most embarrassing one, Mizzou under six and a half. Nine win football, they're number nine in the, country, or 10 yeah, in the country. They're gonna play on a New Year's Six Bowl. Yeah. I said under six and a half. What an idiot! Uh, uh, but all six of my uh, my conference futures are alive. Uh, SMU plus 330 to win the American, nice. Washington plus 320 to win the Pac 12. Florida State plus one fifty, Texas plus one hundred five, Michigan plus one sixty five, and Georgia minus one ten. So very nice. It Should recoup some of those losses, but yeah, not a not a great season for the uh, the preseason stuff. But
0: yeah, but our our season long futures where you and I are alive in every championship game, pretty much. That, like, with that our, certainly with helps. Our the only one that I'm not alive at the ACC. I was so wrong with Clemson. yeah Clemson. Yeah, yeah, but I mean Georgia, Michigan, Texas, Tulane. Like I, I, you know, I'm, I'm happy with all of those. Uh, I might be on different sides now, but happy that I'm alive here. Come, uh, come, come! Championship week with our preseason prediction.
1: What I like looking at is um, some dark horses that we had projected. Oh, you ready? I have mine. So I've you... got mine. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, let's read these off and let's see what their record was. Okay. okay. My, all
0: right. My dark horse in the SEC was LSU, and I don't think that was, that was a, as well. I don't think one. that was a bad bet. It was a nine and three football. Team. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's not a, good a bad bet. bet.
1: All right, what what was your dark horse in the Big Ten? Wisconsin. That was bad. That was bad. M- mine wasn't that bad, but it probably wasn't good either. Penn State, like knowing what they are, yeah, they're not good. But Pl- my theory
0: was pick someone in the West. So, if, like if I said Iowa, that would have been good. Like I just said, because they would have been alive. Yeah, they're not going to win. But it's my theory was just to pick a team in the West as the dark horse.
1: My Big Twelve definitely a bad call, although the number was juicy, plus twelve hundred Texas Tech. Mine was Kansas State. And I That's a good call. Yeah, I don't think that was a bad
0: call no. at all. I got That's one, a good team. One game away.
1: Oh, my ACC Dark Horse felt really good about him early in the season. Mm. North Carolina 10-1. mine as won. well. Yeah, that, that, that died on the vine. Dark Horse Pac-12, of course mine was Oregon State plus 1,100. Mine was Utah, and I thought that Cameron
0: Rising was going to play this oh, yeah. year. Yeah. It's not my fault.
1: And then uh, my Dark Horse in the G5. Uh-huh. Was Wyoming to win the Mountain West plus 1200? Okay, I have a worse one. My dark horse was San Diego State to win oh. the Mountain West.
0: They went two and six in conference.
1: Oh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Listen, Wyoming finished one game out of uh, yeah. out of first place. Listen, the
0: dark horses are dark horses
1: There's for a reason, reason. Okay, all right, all right. So that'll do it for uh, at least for the regular season of this uh, this this podcast. And like I said, we'll be back to do some playoff stuff as well. Scott, thank you as always. Thanks to you guys for listening, and best of luck during championship week.